Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Hello, future doctors. We hope you're having a lovely summer or fall, winter, spring, whatever it is when you happen to be listening to this. Today, we are going to be giving some pointers on how to write your activity descriptions in your application to medical school. Now, for some of you, this might not be relevant if you're not at that point yet, but for some of you, if it's coming up soon or if you're in the middle of trying to apply to medical school, then this episode will definitely have some helpful tips for you. And they will be helpful whether you're applying to MD schools or DO schools or both, since both of those applications require activity descriptions. Now, before we begin, I want to mention that I've been busy the last few months working with our second cohort of students in our application coaching program. This is an incredible program that we have developed over the last two years, where we help to guide students through the entire year-long process of applying to medical school. We offer one-on-one feedback and editing sessions for primary application essays, including your personal statement, your activity descriptions, and your secondary application essays. Yes, that's a lot of writing, and it can be so valuable to have someone there to hold your hand and guide you through the process. We also have group coaching and one-on-one sessions to help you practice your interview skills before you have your first real medical school interview. Now, this program is completely free. We accept 12 students per year, although we're hoping to expand that in the coming years. Our application opens up typically in early March and is due sometime in April. You can find out more by visiting our website, futureminoritydoctor.com. Dr. Zulma, anything to add about my pitch to the application coaching program? You've been part of it as well. Yes, please check it out. Um, I think a lot of times, especially if you have already gone through one application cycle and didn't get in, there's a good chance that you're missing some information to get you there. And you probably have it, but you just don't know it because many of you don't know any doctors, right? Or anybody in the medical community that possibly can help you to really give you insights. So I think that's like the key, key thing about the program. So make sure you check it out so that way you can get the help and we can really try to help you get into medical school. Yeah. So back to our activity descriptions. Now, I have previously worked on an admissions committee and I've worked with students one-on-one writing and refining their applications. So I've basically read a lot of activity descriptions, hundreds and hundreds of applications, and then about 12 to 15 activity descriptions in each one of those. And I've seen where students do well and where they struggle. I've seen them make a lot of common mistakes, and I want to help you know how to avoid them. Dr. Z, what do you remember? If you remember anything, I know it's been a while for both of us. (laughs) It's been many moons, but... But I do remember because um, it's a long process. Of course, you're always going to retain memory from it, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. But what I do remember about the activity descriptions is gathering the information after time has passed. So I was not the traditional student that applied right after college. So I did a lot of work and a lot of stuff in between. So when I actually got down to sitting down and trying to gather the activity descriptions, I had to spend a lot of time in trying to think back everything I've done with where I wish I would have just 
kept an ongoing list of things that I had participated in. So I struggled with that part. I do remember that. Uh, yeah, because you have to remember a lot of details. Like, when mm-hmm. did I do that? How many hours did I do that? Who was the person in charge? Who's the contact? So, yes, we do encourage you to keep a log during your undergrad or during your pre-med years, keep a log of your activities to the extent possible so that when you do go back to write these activity descriptions, you know what to include. Mm -hmm. Um, And remember that activities can include such a variety of things. They can include paid employment, Mm -hmm. whether it's clinical or not clinical. Like if you were a waiter or if you, you know, worked in the library or whatever it was, includes paid employment and includes clinical both paid and volunteer experiences. It includes things like any sort of research that you did, whether it was related to medicine and biology or not, like you could have done social science research, political science research, anything like that. It includes shadowing, any shadowing hours that you did. It includes publications. You can list like publications independently as an activity. It includes so much. Um, And you can also include one or two hobbies in there. If you're struggling to get to those 15 activities, you can include something like hobbies. Like if you play the piano or if you like salsa dancing or, you know, if you like running or if you like sewing, whatever it is, you can include that in an activity to just kind of add a dimension to your personality for the person reading your application. So make sure you really go through and think through all of the different things that you've done in order to try to get to those 15. One of the big mistakes I see students make is having too few activities. And I know we talked about this in a previous episode, but you really have to try to get as close as possible to 15 activities, ideally 15, minimum 12, I would say though. So If you're familiar with the application process, then you know that there are three different application services. There's the AMCAS, which is for MD schools. There's the AACOMAS, which is for DO medical schools. And then Texas, of course, they like to do things their own way. They have their own application system called the TMDSAS. And the AMCAS application for MD schools allows you to have up to 15 activity descriptions. The AACOMAS and the Texas system allow you to have even more if you'd like. But I would say because of AMCAS, 15 is kind of the standard. For AMCAS, each description has a character limit of 700 characters. For AACOMAS, it's 600 characters, so just a little bit less. And for the Texas system, it's 300. Now, 700, 600 might not seem like a lot, but when students actually sit down to write, it can be really challenging to know how to summarize the experience. Maybe your experience lasted 50 hours, 100 hours. I've seen experiences that are 2,500 hours if it was a job. Mm -hmm. So what do you include? What do you not include? How much detail should you add? Should it be a technical description or should it tell a story? So there are a lot of complexities of writing this description once you actually sit down to write. Now, for the purposes of this episode, we will focus mostly on the six to 700 character descriptions because they're a bit more challenging to write than the short 300 character descriptions that the Texas schools use. I'm going to give several examples of activity descriptions, and Dr. Z and I are going to critique them, and then I'll offer an improved version of each. So, ready, Dr. Z? So let's jump into example number one. And this is an example of a scribe experience. 
Okay. So this is version number one. I want you to listen to it and think, okay. what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What's good about it? What could be improved? As a virtual scribe, I help the physician to document clinical encounters with adult patients with various conditions in a family medicine clinic. My duties include locating and obtaining a patient's medical history, documenting dictated notes during a patient visit on the electronic medical record, and providing unparalleled customer service to the patients. I also work directly with the physicians and healthcare staff in providing the most effective and efficient healthcare possible. I learned how to use clear communication and provide culturally sensitive care with every patient. Okay, you know, pretty thorough description of what she did as a virtual scribe. So Dr. Z, help me out here. What are the strengths of this description or what are some of the good things? I think this student describes very well what their responsibilities were. Mm -hmm. And it's well-written. It's grammatically Mm -hmm. correct. It's clear. It's detailed, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. What are some of the weaknesses or things that could be improved? Um, It sounds more like something you would write for a resume, right? So it doesn't really tell much about their own personal experience within that experience. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, to be blunt, it's technical and pretty boring, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And is that when you have people on an admissions committee reading through like 10 or 20 applications at a time, they have to go through them quickly. And if they Mm -hmm. read a lot of these really technical kind of boring descriptions, it's not going to stand out, right? Mm -hmm. Something that's more engaging, something that catches the interest, even if it's somebody that's reading it quickly, it has to catch their interest to some extent, right? So it's also kind of vague. So it says like, you know, I documented clinical encounters with adult patients with various conditions. Those are pretty vague, right? Mm-hmm. It be something to picture in my mind. Also here with scribing, I'm mentioning scribing because it's something that a lot of students do. Mm-hmm. Most people reading your application already know what a scribe is. Exactly. <laughs> you really don't have to explain it. Mm-hmm. Also at the very end, The last sentence said, I learned how to use clear communication and provide culturally sensitive care with every patient. This is a perfect example of telling me versus showing me. (laughs) Like, don't just tell me. Like, it sounds like you're trying to just use buzzwords to convince me that you are culturally sensitive and you are a good communicator, but you didn't show me that. There is a way to tell Mm -hmm. the story to demonstrate that instead of just trying to convince me by telling me that you are culturally sensitive and a good communicator because it doesn't, it's not convincing if you just tell me that, right? Um, And sometimes people try too hard to use these buzzwords because they know that the med school is looking for people who have demonstrate teamwork and professionalism and empathy and communication. And so sometimes I see students just trying to throw those words in without showing me an example of that. All right. So we're going to move on to version two. This is the improved version. So let me know what you think, Dr. Z. As a virtual scribe, I helped the physician to document clinical encounters so that they could focus their attention on providing the best care to the patient. One of my favorite physicians to scribe for was Dr. Jackson, a family physician in urgent care. I admired the way she treated each and every patient like they were her own family. One patient, Martha, came in near closing time with a persistent cough that warranted a chest x-ray. 
Dr. Jackson stayed after hours to wait for the imaging report, explain the results, and arrange for treatment. I aspire to treat every patient like she did. That's 600 characters, the same as before. But Dr. Z, what improved in this one? What do you think? It added a personality trait. (laughs) I feel like with the first example, it's almost like something that you can copy and paste off the internet when they give you an example of what a virtual scribe is. Whereas version two, it gave personality to the description of their experience. So I already know a little bit now more about the student who wrote this. Yeah, exactly. And it only spends one sentence at the beginning saying what you did as a virtual scribe Mm -hmm. physician to document clinical encounters. So they could focus their attention on the patient, right? And then they tell a story, right, about Dr. Jackson and what she admired about Dr. Jackson and what she learned. The very last sentence kind of is the punchline. I aspire to treat every patient like she did, right? That tells me Mm -hmm. so much more and it's something so much more valuable than the technical description because it's like, this is what this experience meant for you. This is what you learned about being a physician through this experience. And that's what I want to know. (laughs) Why was it meaningful to you? What did you really get from it? So this is an example of showing instead of telling because you tell a little story. So moving on to example number two, this is an example of someone who, uh, of a research experience. Version number one, The competitive program provided intensive research training in addiction science, including coverage of the literature on the science of addiction and specific substance use disorders. Training consisted of background and hypothesis generation, description of study methods, guided analysis and interpretation of statistical findings, and discussion of conclusions and scientific implications of the findings. With an undergraduate team, I generated a poster on the findings and presented it at the undergraduate research conference in 2020. Under the close mentorship of Drs. Ray Gomez and Sheila Anderson, I cemented my science communication skills and learned to critically examine literature. That's about 700 characters there. All right, Dr. Z, what do you think about this one? I think, again, it sounds like something you would write on a resume. (laughs) Or like if you're applying for a grant or something, (laughs) really, it doesn't give me personality. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so it's kind of dry, it's kind of boring and technical, a little bit of a Mm -hmm. sentence in there that was hard, hard to read and understand completely. And then again, at the end, it's using buzzwords like communication skills. At the end, I cemented my science communication skills and learned to critically examine literature. So again, you're telling me without really showing me. So if you want to show, tell a little story. People know what research involves. They know that you're going to do literature reviews. They know hypothesis generation. They know you're going to You don't have to rehash that, right? But I see so many students do this because they just don't know what to do. So we're trying to give you examples here of what to do. Can I mention something just even as you were um, giving this first example? The mention of even communication skills, it totally bypassed me. I I didn't even pick it up. So again, this would be something that maybe someone can read and they're just not. You think you're using these buzzwords that are going to be impactful, but they may not. Yeah, because you didn't show me, you just threw it in, mm-hmm. just threw it in there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. Version number two, the improved version, hopefully. 
My mm-hmm. uncle and a close friend have struggled with alcohol addiction. So when the opportunity to study addiction science arose, I went for it. Under the close mentorship of Drs. Ray Gomez and Sheila Anderson, I received intensive education and research training in substance use disorders. With an undergraduate team, I generated a poster on the co-use of alcohol and marijuana and presented it at the university undergraduate research conference in 2020. I shared the information I learned with my uncle and friend with the hope of offering them gentle encouragement to seek treatment. I was relieved when my friend finally agreed to go to rehab and made some positive strides in their journey. Okay, so Dr. Z, what improved on that one? So now I know more, again, about the the student who is writing this. I know that this person has an understanding of addiction, which is important to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also know this student did research as well. And I know the student has compassion. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. You see how much more comes through when you make it a little bit more personal, right? Mm-hmm. And with this student, I had to make sure that she was comfortable, you know, disclosing mm-hmm. these personal aspects of her life. But she was, you know, and they're pretty vague. So it's not like you're going into a lot of detail, but it makes it personal. And it shows me, wow, you didn't just do research to do research. You did it because you really cared about this topic. And then you used what you learned to try to help people outside of that research team. Right. And now I know that you're going to use that stuff that you learned and those skills that you learned to help even more people with addiction in the future. Right. And that you have that compassion, like Dr. Z mentioned. So, so much more powerful and so much more interesting, even though it's only 700 characters. Look at what a difference that makes, right? Okay, moving on to example three. This one is more of a mentorship type experience. Okay, version number one. After giving higher education presentations as a school team leader, I wondered what more I could do to support the students at Title I schools. As a program director, I was able to have a bigger reach helping coordinate the program with over 1,000 5th and 6th grade participants, 37 school team leaders, and 300 single-day participants for an on-campus visit at the end of the year. My main impact on the program was helping redesign the school team leader training to be more informative of disparities in education to better understand the backgrounds of the students we were working with. Okay, so what do you think, Dr. Z? So I think there's a strength in what the student was doing. The weakness is it's vague. Mm -hmm. So I don't know too much about what exactly this person got from this experience. It's almost like data is just being thrown out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. He mentions these 1,005th and 6th graders, mm-hmm. school team leaders, 300 single day participants. But I kind of, it was also a little confusing. Like you said, it was vague. I had to kind of reread it. And then I was still like, wait, so what exactly did you do? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, know, you were a team leader and you helped organize these programs, but I'm having trouble picturing it specifically in my mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So let's move on to version two with some improvements. What began as a one-day volunteer project to give a tour of my university to sixth graders turned into a multi-year volunteer role, giving and coordinating classroom presentations at local middle schools. As I guided these curious young students of color around my campus stomping grounds, I couldn't help but remember myself at that age, a young Latino with a knack for learning and a desire to climb the ladder of higher education. 
During my monthly school presentations, the sixth graders were eager to see me and peppered me with questions about higher education. I eventually became a program director and helped coordinate other volunteers to give presentations at 37 local schools. Okay, Dr. Z, what improved on that one? So now I know again more about the student. I know that the student is passionate about this topic. I know exactly what the student did as well and how it impacted the student. Yeah. And it tells a little bit of a story, right? As I guided mm-hmm. these curious to students around campus. And like, it reminded me of myself of that personal reflection of what it means to you, because it's not just coordinating presentations, right? Mm-hmm. It's personal to this student because it reminds him of his own upbringing and his own aspirations at that age, right? And so it just makes it so much more human <laughs> and so much more compelling and engaging, right? So Try to keep these more personal if you can, right? Don't just make it boring, technical, because if you have 15 boring technical descriptions, you're not going to stand out, right? You want to insert those little stories, those little personal reflections in there to help the person who's reading your application to see you as a person and not just as a resume. (laughs) You are a person, not a resume, right? Okay. All right, moving on to example four. This is the experiences of a case manager, but here, so I'm only going to give you the good example on this one, but I'm going to give you a formula. So if you really feel like you're stuck (laughs) knowing how to write your activity descriptions, I do have a formula that you can try for most of them and it works most of the time. So your first sentence is going to be something that summarizes what you did or the basic list of responsibilities without going into too much detail. Then you're going to have your middle is going to be a few sentences telling a story about something impactful or memorable or something that shows what you learned. But again, the key is telling a story. And then optionally at the end, you can have one sentence summarizing the point that the story is trying to show or adding a reflection that furthers the idea of why it was meaningful for you. Okay, so that's the basic formula. And here's an example. So first sentence summarizes what you do. I case managed and provided COVID-19 resources to community members in quarantine. Okay, that orients me. It's like, okay, I'm reading it. I don't know you. You case managed and provided COVID-19 resources to people in quarantine. That's your first sentence. The middle is a few sentences telling a story about something that was impactful. So here it goes. I helped Sam, an elderly man with no relatives who lived with his chihuahua dog, Roger. Despite his age, Sam worked as a supermarket cashier since his social security income was insufficient to cover living expenses. He got infected with COVID-19 while doing laundry in his apartment complex, causing him to be quarantined for two weeks. I helped him apply for rent assistance and delivered food to his home. Every time I called Sam to check in on him, he told me stories about his adventures in Montana. All right, that was a little story, right? A few sentences, four sentences roughly, telling a story about Sam, this person that you helped. And then at the very end, this is optional, but he did it here. Sam was one of many people who suffered economically through the pandemic, and it was my privilege to help. Okay, so you see that the one intro, the story, and then that kind of conclusion reflection sentence. What do you think, Dr. Z? 
Yeah, I think I like the formula that you're presenting because this is impactful. If I'm reading many, many applications, these are the things I'll remember. I might not remember your name, but I'll remember, I remember that application where the student helped so-and-so during COVID. So it's the experience and it shows just the, again, compassion, but it shows the personality. The personality just comes across. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Now we're going to shift gears a little bit and give an example of the AMCAS most meaningful experience. Now the most meaningful experiences are a bit different because they require you to write two different descriptions. One is the shorter 700 character description, and then you also have to write a longer 1,325 character description. A lot of students have trouble determining what to include in the short one and what to include in the long one and how they should be different. My personal suggestion for these is to use the shorter description to give a more technical but not too boring description of the experience, and then use the longer description to tell a memorable story that demonstrates why this experience was meaningful to you, because you have more space and you can tell a longer story. The AMCAS application is the only one of the three applications that requires this, and it requires you to choose only three out of your 15 activities to designate as most meaningful. If you're only applying to DO schools or Texas, you do not have to worry about this. Okay, so this is our last example using the most meaningful. This is a clinic volunteer experience. So this short description, the 700 characters, this is a good example of one. Helping Hands Clinic serves the heart of Louisville, Kentucky through low-cost dentistry and adult primary care services. I help triage patients, which includes checking them in, checking vital signs, checking point-of-care hemoglobin A1Cs on diabetic patients, confirming and updating medication lists, and documenting chief complaints. I also make sure that the patient is as comfortable as possible while waiting for the physician, which involves offering water or snacks when available. I enjoy volunteering here and meeting so many people from various walks of life. I have to work around my night shift schedule when signing up for these limited volunteer shifts. So this is, it's not quite as interesting and engaging as the other ones we gave because it's a little more technical, but we're going to have a longer story. So what are your thoughts on this one, Dr. Z? Yeah, I agree. It's it's a little bit more technical. It's just, you know, about what it is that they're actually doing during this experience, but I don't get as much of that personality feeling as the previous ones. Yeah, definitely. Definitely more descriptive. But she mm-hmm. also I like put some reflections in there. So I enjoyed meeting yeah. people from various walks of life. I had to work around my night shift schedule to sign up. So it does give some person a little bit of like personal mm-hmm. But it is still more technical and it's okay in the circumstance only because there's a story coming. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So now we have our long description, our 1325 characters. And this is where she tells her story. One day while volunteering, a young African-American male, Darren, came into the clinic for a doctor's appointment. I could tell by his body language that he was not comfortable there. I offered him bottled water and started talking and joking with him as we waited for the physician. As we continued to talk, Darren revealed to me that he was recently released from prison and he had not been allowed to see a doctor there. I knew that it could be difficult for young African-American men to visit the doctor due to a lack of trust, but as we continued to talk, his comfort level increased. 
I didn't get to participate in his visit, but afterward I encouraged him to come back for his follow-up visits and to tell his friends to come if they needed any medical assistance as well. Darren's visit to the doctor that day made me think of my brother, who had been incarcerated many times. Though we had never spoken about the details of his experience, I wondered what his access to medical care had been like and whether his mental health condition had been properly addressed. Reflecting on Darren and my brother helped me to develop a deeper empathy for the challenges faced by incarcerated individuals and motivates me to be a physician who helps all people feel comfortable seeking medical care. Okay, that's our 1325. Dr. Z, what do you think of that one? That was very impactful <laughs> just to hear the story because um, how it ties in. I like like with the shorter version, you kind of give a background what exactly it is that you're doing, but then you put you put a face to it with this longer description. And it's just very impactful in it being a memorable experience, but also tying it in to how it's affecting you personally in your personal life and how it will affect you being a doctor in the future. Yeah. And so, like I mentioned, in this case, the more technical description is okay only because you have a longer compelling story, mm-hmm. right? So um, still try not to make it too boring, but <laughs> um, mm-hmm. here, this is the exception to the rule that we had talked about earlier. So. Okay, so we've given you some examples of what not to do and examples of what to do in writing your activity descriptions for your very own application to medical school. We hope you found them helpful. And then to summarize a few of our key points, one is show, don't tell. Two is don't just throw buzzwords in there because you think somebody wants to read them. And three is keep it personal. You are a person, not a resume. All right. If you're more of a visual learner and want to review the written versions of these examples we gave, we'll be trying to post them uh, to our website at some point. We will also be posting a video version of this episode on YouTube. So go find us there. Also, if you'll be applying to medical school during the next cycle, please consider applying to our application coaching program, which opens up in March. We would love to work with you one-on-one and help make your application the best that it can possibly be. Until next time, keep being your wonderful self. Peace and love, everyone.